Good evening, everyone, and welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Stagman, and with me, as always, is my best pal, Noel Schmidt. That's correct. And we host a show called High Spirits, in which we drink alcohol and we talk about ghosts. Noel, welcome to High Spirits, first of all. Thank you. It's nice to be welcome. So happy to see you. It's been so long. It's been days. Well, I mean, didn't I see you yesterday? No, we took a day off. Oh, we did. Okay. Well, the nice thing about my co-host and I is that uh, we are best pals. Yeah. It's a legitimate thing. It's a real, actual thing. Well, we hadn't seen each other for a while, and I think we've been making up for it. Yeah. In the last few ships passing in the night. Yes, correct. Uh We've had had busy life schedules. Soup's great to see you again, though. Soup's great to see you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Let's talk like this for the rest of the episode. Let us. This is how we're going to get listeners. Yeah. Cool. Um, who are you drinking, Boo? Uh, I'm I'm going back to the old standard, uh, the old Boda Box. Hey, Cabernet. It's wine in a box. Wine. It's wine in a box. Wine in a box. <laughs> Boda Box. That's very good. Thank you. I'm drinking um, something that I've had a lot in the show, but you know what? I likes what I likes, and tonight I need a comfort, and it's called Vallejo. Vallejo! Aloha. Yeah, it's by na, 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 na. It's got the, I mean, I feel like we should be at the beach. Uh-huh. It's a rocky beach. It's a, it, it seems as though um, it would uh, crash a sailing vessel. Correct. Yeah. Yep. But da na 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 Anyway, thank you, Half Baker, for always keeping me lively in your beer. And bringing the surf rock. Yeah. All right. Oh, I talked to Renee today, and she said she does. Oh, hi, Renee. Hi, Renee. Renee, friend of the show. She helped us with the Hawaii episode. Yes. She told me she does not know the drink that you're referring to. No, it's an ice cream. Renee, ice cream. Oh. <laughs> uh, I also apologize to her for a lot of my mispronunciations, and she, in the nicest way possible, because she is the nicest person, pretty much just rolled her eyes at me. Oh. I think that's a compliment. They were myriad. They were, mon- they were many? Yeah, they were many. Is that what she, that, that's directly from Renee? Uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, um, listen, all people in Hawaii, I really, um, uh, think that you're great and your ghost stories are great and I'm so sorry for being a Howley. Ugh, the good old Howleys. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's all of Hawaii now, right? right? They've pushed out all of the indigenous people. Yeah, it's just Howleys. Ugh, those so anyway. people. Sorry, um, Speaking of Howleys, Noel, you have a story. I do have a story. Uh, I was just trying to think if we have things to catch up on, any news updates. Silence. Crickets. Burp, 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 burp. There might be crickets. Um, your woofers is snoring, which is cute. I know. So if you guys pick that up, that's just a that's just a big old dog. He's he's an old boy. He's just with us for a couple more days. Snoring in a snoring. Storm. Oh, I watched a movie that's not for you. Oh. Um, but if you're a fan of action and adventure like me, please run out and go check out or rent. Uh, the, um, or not the upgrade, the movie upgrade. So good. Oh, so different. Who's and the star? cool. I don't know. Some guy, I don't know any person in it. Muscles. Muscly. Yes. Very handsome. Uh, bearded. Good so actor. Ace is there. Uh, yeah. Kind of, kind of understated. For an action movie. Yeah. It's sure. no, no, it's okay. It works. Okay. It works. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. A little sad at times. 
Um, it's got the kind of feel of a, a modern day Death Wish. Oh, so like Kindergarten Cop? No. Because uh, <laughs> it has like the technology. Sure. It's like family's like, been murdered. Uh, twins? Wife's been murdered. Must seek revenge. Twins with uh, Daniel DeVito? Why are you only referencing Arnold Schwarzenegger Maybe it was movies? Maybe like True Lies. <laughs> Those are the only action movies you know. Twins is not an action movie. I know. It's a comedy. Because uh, the, the one... I yeah, won't explain don't do, don't Should do I that explain it? The one is very tall and fit, and the one the other one's very short. The other one is Danny DeVito. <laughs> okay. Um, we stayed in the Hotel Bonaventure. You and I did. That's where True Lies was shot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've stayed in there uh, a few times, and I always like to be in the Red Tower because that's where they filmed that scene in the elevator of True Lies with Tom Arnold, so I like to pretend that I'm Tom Arnold. I've I went swimming while you were at work. Taken a few selfies in that elevator. <laughs> <laughs> and then I send them to my brothers. Um, Where I am? I'm pretty cool, you guys. That's me blowing my nose. This yeah. Is, this is Jay. I'm well. Um, so anyway, uh, upgrade. Check it out. It's really fun. Um, and whatever that guy's name is, is attractive and the future of action movies. Uh-huh. I. It's probably the first time I've watched a movie and not... Um, checked out IMDb for any actors' names. I don't know why. I'm in a weird place. Um, <laughs> but I've accomplished... I finally accomplished a thing, so... What was your thing? Oh. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh-huh. I mean, I can talk about no, it. No, don't. No, it's fine. No, let's not. Do your story. All right, let's do my story. <laughs> it is a funny thing. It is a funny thing, but I don't think... I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's personal. Yeah. All right. It's not like I had... Like, any kind of weird surgery or anything. Why did your head go to that? I don't know. Oh, now I feel like... Okay. All right. Today is uh, September 5th, correct? I don't know. Yeah. Is it? It's... The day that we are recording is indeed September 5th. Oh, Wednesday, September 5th. Wednesday, September 5th. Uh, when we release this, it might be Thursday, six, September 6th, which is the birthday of one Jane Adams. Oh! Yeah! Oh! Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Jay, today I want to talk about the haunting of Hull House. Yay! Not Hill House, Hull House. Yes, Hull House. I've been there. Have you? Yeah. It's not far from where I used to work. Yeah. Um, to understand Hull House, we need to start with Chicago's own Jane Adams. Mm-hmm. She has a highway named after her. I was her. just going to say that. Oh, I'm sorry, hon. <laughs> it's okay. Keep moving. You take it. You take it. You're well, you know, you're a big deal in Chicago if you have a highway named after you. It's a really big deal. Which is funny because I don't know who Dan Ryan necessarily is, but I know his highway sucks my dick. It's the worst. <laughs> so that guy must have been a jerk. Yeah, I know. A real jerk in life. Um, all right. Jane Adams, if you're not familiar, is uh, known as the mother of social work. Miss Adams, if you're nasty. Miss Adams, if you're nasty. Uh, she was born September 6th, 1890, or I'm sorry, 1860. In Happy birthday, Jane Adams. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Ta-da, and not many more, because you're dead. Um, she was born in Cedarville, Illinois, wherever that is. I think that's somewhere south. I don't know. It's in the great state of Illinois. She was the youngest of eight children born to an affluent family. 
when she was four, she contracted tuberculosis of the spine, which was known as Pott's disease. It caused... Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I didn't even know you can get tuberculosis of the spine. Of the spine. Pott's disease. Do you think I have... Annie Pott's disease. Annie Pott's... <laughs> do you think I have Annie Pott's disease? No, I think you're fine. Okay. Your cough is better. Should I have not mentioned it? Are you going to now think about your cough? I'm, I don't know. I'm probably... I've got the sniffles. <laughs> it's gone from cough to... Normally, it's the other way around. I think this is a whole new contagion. Oh, I my think God. My, my immune system was low. What do we need to do? What Do, do you need sunlight? You and I are going to Copenhagen. Uh, where there's plenty of sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of vitamin D. You guys, in October, we're going to be reporting to you live this, from Denmark. Uh, this band that I like that's from there, um, <laughs> they did they did a, a show or a couple shows in South America and uh, the lead singer was wearing, like, all white for, like, all of the South America shows this summer. And I'm like, he must be dying in the seat. He's not used to it. He's Danish. Right. Right. Poor guy. I hope you're well. Uh, anyway, it's um, it be, the weird. It's because he doesn't normally wear white in right. the pictures I've seen. Sorry, I should have clarified by that. Anyway, all right. <laughs> Pots disease. Any uh, Pots disease. <laughs> Annie Potts finally has something named after her. Oh my god. Uh, unfortunately. Annie Potts Highway. Oh, someday, Annie Potts. Tollway. We love you. Um, so it caused a curvature in her spine and lifelong health problems. Dude, she got some scoliosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made it complicated as um, for her as a child to function and to play with other children because she had a limp and could not run well. You um, know what that means. At prom, she took off her glasses and let down her ponytail, and she just straightened the <laughs> fuck up. It was the hottest girl. And then she locked all the doors with her mind. Carrie. <laughs> and murdered every single one of those kids. And then Sissy Spacek ended up on Castle Rock. For Amy Irving. Uh, oh, yeah. I started I, I I started watching it, and then I was like, I'm too tired for this. And Carrie? I stopped. No, Castle Rock. Yeah, it's kind of We boring. are all over the place today. Yeah. It's going great. Thanks right. for listening to High Spirits. Jane Adams. Um, this is really sad and uh, a really good um, idea of what it was like to be a, a young woman in the late 1800s um, and how times have changed. As a child, she thought she was ugly and uh, didn't want to embarrass her father. Yes, times have changed. I never thought those things. Nobody, no young woman has ever felt insecure. <laughs> Or adult woman or anything. Thank goodness a hundred and fifty years have passed and we don't have to worry about our, like, uh, hating ourselves as young women. Can you imagine, like, her, uh, her young and modern... (laughs) (laughs) I should really put this wine down now. Um, (laughs) Every single you take It's heart healthy. Um, What uh, do you think she was like? What were her like sex symbols of the 1860s and 70s like who was she looking well, up to well I probably because she's from Illinois she had a big throbbing heart on for Abraham Lincoln well we're going to get to that by the way why did you blink like eight times when I said that you were a little shocked <laughs> okay so she certainly what? liked her Abe Lincoln I think no I'm saying like what do you think like what kind of periodicals was she reading that like oh, was telling meant, her like, like her young and modern Oh, her teen beats. 
I that was telling her she I was so ugly. I don't think necessarily that those were around. I think Helen Gurley Brown uh, revolutionized that yeah. whole thing with Cosmopolitan. Yeah. I think that was her thing. But I would say probably the novel was a big thing in the um, late 1800s. And so she probably was reading some ah. Brontes or some uh, Ayres. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean... I meant Jane Eyre and I meant... I, yeah, I knew what you meant. The Bronte sister. Yeah. The, the Brontes um, is and the Austin's And probably all of those awful children around her that were still, that were telling and her... And perhaps uh, she was reading uh, Louisa May Alcott. Ah. Which of the Little Women fame. Yes. Okay. That did it. Well... Perhaps Mark Twain was giving her some uh, slut-shaving. <laughs> Remember Becky from Tom Sawyer? He was like, what a hoe. Oh, <laughs> Becky. She like she like bounced back and forth between Tom and Huck. <laughs> the judge's daughter. Was her name Becky? Yeah. She's the original Becky. Becky Thatcher. She is <laughs> Becky with original. the good hair. <laughs> Although uh, one has to wonder because she it was always from, comes back to Beyonce. She was from St. Louis, so or Missouri at least. I think that she probably had frizzy hair. It's that humidity. Yeah. Um <laughs> Alright. So she didn't want to embarrass her father when he was dressed in his Sunday best by walking down the street with him. So she always kind of like stayed behind, um, which is very tragic, I think, for a young girl to feel that way. Uh, her father was an agricultural businessman with a large timber, cattle, and agricultural holdings. He um, had flour and timber mills and a woolen factory. So he had some money. Yeah. Um, he was also the president of the Second National Bank of Freeport. He was the founder of the Illinois Republican Party. Freeport is just outside of um, Rockford, right? Sure. We don't know. We don't I don't. Know. I, I think it is. I didn't look at a map. I'm sorry. Uh, I like to say Rockfjord because I like to believe they have a Scandinavian fjords. There are no fjords in Rockford. Don't think so? No, just that clock tower. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, Can we still call it Rock Fjord, though? Sure. Okay. If <laughs> it makes you happy. Uh, it her, does make me happy. Great. Her father was an Illinois senator from 1850 to 1870. Ooh, he probably served with a one Mr. Okay. And he supported his friend. I don't know. Stephen Douglas? Abraham Lincoln. I'm fucking kidding. Sorry. In his run for Senate and President. Yes. He kept a letter from Is Lincoln. Is Mary Todd going to come into this? No. Oh. He kept a letter from Lincoln in his desk, and Jane loved looking at it. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Uh, Jane was a voracious reader, and uh, she was inspired to work with poor from her readings of Dickens and uh, her mother's work with the poor in Cedarville. Um, her mother actually passed away when she was pretty young, but she left a very small... Uh, she left a very um, strong impression on her, and her father ended up remarrying when she was eight so she had but she had a really good relationship oh, with her stepmother god i hate that just because i mean it was it was it was so much um uh the 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 time period um wherein women would have children for for many years in a row like you said she was one of eight children right and then the the mother would die in childbirth, mm -hmm. and the father would remarry, and then the, he would also 
like the stepmother ended up having like an insane amount of children. Well, and the stepmother would have to raise the other children yeah. as well. I mean, what a shit life. So I don't think just that's, kidding. I mean, children are miracles, but like no, but it's that's a lot. Yeah. I don't think her mother died in childbirth. I can't remember. I I did read how she passed, but it was not because of that. Um, and actually, like I think three or three of her siblings had passed at young ages. Oh, sure. Um, for various reasons. Infant mortality rate was high, even among the wealthy. Correct. I mean, so a couple of them. About her, like right. Uh, two of her. Uh, well, three of her four children um, died. Uh, two died as children, and uh, one died uh, as a late teen. I think early, early twenties in the war. Right. And that was the one that kind of pushed her over the edge. I think. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, this isn't about her, but she had, uh, right, she had Willie, who died, mm-hmm. and then Tad, those are both the little boys. Yeah. And both of them are said to haunt, remember, um. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Poor Tad. So, poor Tad. So, Jane dreamt of being a doctor, based on. Hell yeah. Um, all of her you readings. ambitious little twitch. Well, she felt that if she was a doctor, she could help the poor. Like, that was kind of, like, how she would be able to um, awesome. do good work. Uh, her dream was to attend Smith College for Women, but her father encouraged her to attend the Rockford Female Seminary. Oh, right. So you're right. So it is, it's got to be up by Rockford. Um, she graduated. Rock what? Fjord. Thank you. So sorry. Uh, she graduated from there in 1881. Um, her pa- father passed away shortly after, and the family moved to Philadelphia where Jane, her sister and brother-in-law could all pursue medicine at the university of Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Um, but her health issues made it difficult for her to finish. Um, so her brother-in-law, Harry actually performed a surgery on her to straighten her spine. Ah. Uh, and it was successful. Okay. But then he encouraged her to not go back to school and to travel instead because you know, that's what ladies should do. Or something like that. Uh, so she took him up on that, and oh, it's a newer one. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> do you want I, now? Do you want to talk about it? I mean, for a second. Okay. Noel, I just had a second to read her shirt. It's a Fulci Lives shirt, but I didn't notice that until like honestly, across your uh, uh, wonderful bosom is this disgusting man with like uh an out eye with what are those this is a zombie from the movie zombie 2 in the middle like, yeah look at that eye it's it a zombie like a it's ma- they're, ma- they're maggots yeah it's just coming out of his disgusting. eye i never wear this shirt anymore because Ew. i can't wear it in public with my kid um why would you wear that with me well because that one has been like i really in like the it face. yeah this is from uh gates of hell what is this? Or is City like of the Jesus Living Dead, which is the... Yeah, this I think is... I think this guy's from the Beyond. Well, that looks like a That's from... That she's from like the Beyond. This is from House That's by the woman. Cemetery. Yeah, this is a little girl with red hair and pigtails. He's from Gates of Hell. Zombie That's cube. disgusting. Oh my god, you have a shirt with maggots right near... Like, <laughs> right near cleavage. It's a good shirt. Nine. I, we've talked about this because the original one is like I've worn it so much. The it's original one had like a 
eyeball popping out with the no, back this of is the head. exact same. This is the exact same shirt, except this is a newer one because the other one I wore so much that it like is not wearable in public. Makes me feel like puking a little bit because there's a lot of side showing. Sorry, just noticed you. Well, Honestly, don't look at it. I was just like, I don't. I only staring wear it. at your shirt. And you're like, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> Yeah. I only wear it at home because it creeps out my kid. Yeah, as it rightfully so. That means she's she's on the right path. There have been a few times where I've put on a t-shirt and she's like, "Mama, you can't wear that in public." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So remember last year when she had me take down your skeleton? <laughs> your your like banshee. My right? Halloween decoration. Yeah. Uh, it was Halloween time for the record. Wait, um, for you, Halloween lasts from September fifth to December fifth. To September fourth. Uh, <laughs> round and round that we go. Smart, you like smart. that? Like you like that? Okay. Yeah. Where were we? Jane Adams. Uh, so Jane, she went to the Rock Rockford. She, um, well, her no, and her brother-in-law Sunday. Harry encouraged her to travel, so she went on a two-year <coughs> tour of Europe with her stepmother. Um, when they returned, she fell into a deep depression, and uh, became confused about her role as a woman. Because she wanted so badly to, like, have an impact on society. Um, and that's when she read about the idea of a settlement house in a magazine. Ooh. So, um, with her friend Ellen Gates Starr, in 1889, they co-founded the Chicago Hull House um, in the idea of being a settlement house in a place for um, the disadvantaged to come and get some assistance, guidance, um, whatever is needed. So let's talk about the house. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, it is beautiful. It's lo- is it on the Halstead? It's located uh, at 800 South Halstead, which is on the corner of Halstead and Polk. Um, it is a... Uh, Do you think she had sex with President Polk? No. We're going to talk about Jane and sex in a bit. Oh. She... Like your same sex sex. Can you just stop it? Sorry. <laughs> what am I doing? You're jumping ahead. Okay. Uh, when they when they bought the house in 1889, uh, or they started the house, it was a rundown mansion uh, that had been built um, originally in 1856 by Charles Hull. Hull. Um, now, when the Hulls moved in uh, to the house, it was a very fashionable neighborhood. Um, there were a lot of, uh, fancy affluent families living there. Um, but in 1860, Mrs. Hull dies and Charles Hull eventually moves out of the neighborhood and into another part of the city. Um, his son, Charlie Hull died shortly after his wife died from cholera at the age of 19, I think in the house. And then, um, the Chicago fire happened. Yeah. Uh, the house survived, but the neighborhood changed quite a bit. And we talked about this. We've talked about this neighborhood before with, um, there's the, a fire station right across the, the fire station and oh, yeah. yeah, the, pr- the old prison or jail. Uh, yes. Yes. So that's all. Maxwell the, street prison. Yes. Thank yep. you. Um, so the neighborhood, and actually she would have been, uh, uh, her high times at Hull house would have been Maxwell street prison. Exactly. So I hope it comes up. It might. (laughs) So the neighborhood became more of a home for immigrants and criminals. Um, It became kind of a red light district, which we've talked about before. Um, And uh, 
there were the house became a home for the poor and saw many deaths over time because the sisters of the little sisters of the poor moved in after um, after Hull I think passed away um, so when Adams bought the house she paid for all the capital and expenses and operating costs um, she repaired the roof on the porch, she repainted the rooms, she bought furniture, and then she also received gifts uh, from individuals contributing to the opening of the house. Um, a number of wealthy women were the donors. Ha -cha -cha -cha. Helen Culver, who was uh, the cousin to Charles Hull and the manager of the estate, um, was uh, one of the contributors and allowed to live in the house rent free. So huh. she was the one who actually sold the house to them. Um, but also became a contributor. Some of the other, did the Astors or the fields? Um, I didn't, the I didn't see their names on there. Uh, oh. some of the names that, um, a few of the ladies were Louise de Coven Bowen, Mary Rosette Smith, uh, Mary Wilmarth and more. But those were like the three names that... And more has and done such good work. More. And um, more uh, helped raise money for uh, the Lincoln Park renovation. They play so many festivals, too. And more. And more. <laughs> I know. You know what? Like when people run out of things to say, they always reference and more. And more. So popular. Yeah. It's my favorite thing on Wikipedia. <laughs> some, 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 and more. And more. I think I'm going to name my child and more. <laughs> I actually put, like, my list. And more! <laughs> um, uh, the house eventually became the residence of 25 women. At its height, it was visited by 2,000 people per week. It became a center for research, empirical emphasis, study, and debate. Uh, the residents conducted investigations on housing, midwifery, fatigue, tuberculosis, typhoid, garbage collection, which we'll get to in a little bit, mm -hmm. Cocaine and truancy. Yep, this is all first wave feminism. Mm-hmm. Um, its facilities included a night school for adults, clubs for older children, a public kitchen, an art gallery, a gym, a girls' club, a bathhouse. Not that kind of a bathhouse. We don't know. It might be. Um, a book <laughs> bindery, a music school, a drama group, and theater, apartments, a library, meeting rooms for discussion, clubs, an employment bureau, and a lunchroom. So there was all kinds of stuff. This is like a modern-day YMCA, yeah, basically. Um, or an olden-days YMCA. Or an olden-days YMCA. Um, the adult night school was the forerunner of continuing education offered at many universities today. Uh, they also offered social and cultural services to the immigrant population in the neighborhood. They afforded an opportunity for young social workers to receive training. Viola Spollett. Is she coming up? She's coming up. Sorry, dude. That's okay. Uh, eventually, it became a 13-building settlement complex, which included a playground and a summer camp. So this is incredible that, like, all of this stuff, like, just kind of, like, sprung from this one idea and her desire to just, like, reshape and, like, have an impact on society. Um, the art program uh, was... Probably the most important thing to Adams, um, for her it meant to challenge the system of industrialized education, which um, fitted the fitted individuals with uh, a specific job or position. So it was a lot of like trade stuff. Um, 
she wanted the house for, to be a place for people to think independently. So she saw art as the key to um, unlocking the diversity of the city through collective interaction, mutual self-discovery, recreation, and the imagination. Uh, she received funding from Edward Butler. <coughs> and with that, she opened an art exhibition and studio space in one of the first additions to the house. Um, so the first floor was a branch of the Chicago Public Library, and the second floor was the art gallery. Um, and from that, Adams and um, her partner, Ellen Gates Starr, uh, formed the Chicago Public School Art Society, or CPSAS, um, which provided public schools with reproductions of world-renowned art pieces. Uh, they hired artists to teach children how to create art and also took uh, students on field trips to local art museums. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it's, it's so cool and so progressive and unbelievable that they had, like, so much backing at this time. Um, so... Adams and Starr developed uh, three ethical principles for social settlements. To teach by example, to practice cooperation, and to practice social democracy, um, egalitarian or de democratic social relations across party lines. Pinkos. See. <laughs> You're describing uh, degenerate political women. Ugh. Pinkos. These ladies are going to take over the world. Maybe be repressed a little bit for a little bit. I mean, what is, what is this? Uh, education oh, through art? Education through art. It's a terrible thing. Sounds like sounds like a lot of feelings. <laughs> People talking I mean, about their feelings. What do you get? What do you, like a, a German immigrant needs to know art. He just needs to go to a stockyard. <laughs> you know what happens when a German practices art. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's finished. <laughs> that's done. But he was Austrian. Well, to same be thing. fair, at the time, Habsburg. Touche. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. Um, Your dog is really. I know he's an old guy. I'm no, sorry. it's fine. I just if the people. Hey, listen, we're in the ghost studio, but we also have a warfare in here with us. Mr. Wolfenstein. Herr Wolfenstein. <laughs> Herr Wolfenstein. Uh, snoring. <laughs> Ach, why are you snoring? Um, so while we're talking about the politics, the uh, Hull House group became involved in city and statewide campaigns for better housing, improvements to public welfare, stricter uh, child labor laws, and protection of working women. Hey, hey. What's going on in Chicago at this time? Yes. Unions. Unions. Uh, 1912. Um, People getting their school cracked and taken to <laughs> Maxwell Street Prison. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then being thrown into the basement to live with the rats. Rats and poop naked. Uh, <laughs> You're not wrong, though. I know. Okay. Uh, in 1912, Adams helped start the Progressive Party and supported the campaign for Theodore Roosevelt. The what? The Progressive Party. What's that? It doesn't exist. Oh. <laughs> the short-lived Progressive Party. Mm -hmm. Sounds nice. It sounds really nice. It sounds really good. Is that like... Anyway, keep going. Free thinking, moving, advancing yeah. with the time. Anyway. I don't want that. I want to go to squalor. stupid. Um, in 1901, she founded the Juvenile Protection Act, which provided probation officers for the first juvenile court in the U.S. until it became a government function. Yes. You know, she was one of the first people that um, made law enforcement... Um, 
make a determination between children and adults. Yeah. Because boys were in the same uh, prison system as adult males. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I won't be graphic about it, but we can understand how problematic that was. Very problematic. Mm-hmm. It's, again, like, it's unfortunate that we don't, I mean, we do talk about her. Um, and in Chicago, she is a local hero. She's a huge deal. She's a really big deal here. But um, I, it's really unbelievable for a woman at this time to have done so many amazing things and have all of these things still be present and have sustained all of this time. It's really remarkable. Um, she really like, defines Chicago. I mean, she really does. This is- she deserves so, so much more than a highway. <laughs> <laughs> so much more. I mean, hopefully she has international fame. I mean, she really is the mother of social work. I, I, I would hope so. And you're going to talk about Viola Spolin in a moment, but I'm, she is I, the mother of... I'm, I'm going to, yes. Of all things. She's, she is. She's the mother, actually, literally, of Paul Sills, but she is the mother she of She is the things. mother of Paul Sills. Yeah. Uh, so one other thing, or this is a really big one. Um, in 1894, um, Jane Addams led the Garbage Wars and became the first woman... <laughs> appointed as sanitary inspector of Chicago's 19th ward uh, with the help of the Hull House Women's Club within over a thousand, uh, within over a year, 1,000 health department violations were reported to the city council and garbage collection reduced death and disease. So she basically started garbage collection in the city. And then she handed over to Tony the Snail. Tony the Snail. But But you know how like garbage collection is a big mafia. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, sometimes there's a reason it's called organized crime, right? <laughs> <laughs> Trash collection. <laughs> One hand washes the other. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, waste management is notoriously mob dealing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh, but she was the mother of waste management. You got to dispose she... of the body somehow. Yeah. So why not get in on that trade? Uh so she made that happen, and uh, I would like to think that she's the reason that we have dumpsters in our alleys and alleys and don't throw our trash in the street. I'm looking at you, New York City. Mm-hmm. Stop it. New New York. That was a little bit of a, a stutter. I liked it. New New York. Um, here are some fun facts about our friend Jane. She believed prostitution was the result of kidnapping only. Oh. Yeah, so can't they can't all be winners. Yeah, I mean, but back then, maybe she had a point. I guess. Uh, She was also a supporter of Prohibition. Boo. Yeah. Not on my show. Yeah. She repeated the claim that, quote, professional houses of prostitution could not sustain themselves without the vehicles of alcohol. Nope. Sorry. Wishful thinking. That's, that's That's actually to conflate a man's libido with alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know, uh... Mostly because of our Irish heritage. Mm-hmm. That whiskey dick is a thing. I've experienced it. You have a dick? Personally, not moving on. <laughs> My dad might be listening. Sorry. Does he listen to this I program? hope not. Uh, well, my... Well, oh, wow. What's happening here? I was, I was like, well, my... And then I stopped. Oh, because I don't want to say that ever on the air. I don't think we've ever talked about it. We haven't. We're we're getting close to being personal tonight. Yeah, I know. I was like, that was really weird that I was about to say that. <laughs> People are gonna be like, what? What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> wow. 
Why are they being so weird? Uh, isn't We're hopped up on the bennies. I haven't even finished half a glass of wine, and here we are. Ooh. Boda box. It's wine in a box. Wine in a box. Boda box. Um... <laughs> Uh, where were we? Uh, we've already mentioned that uh, Viola, Spol- Viola Spolin was one of her best-known disciples. Mm-hmm. Uh, she co-won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1931 with um, Star, um, with Helen Star. I think her name was Helen. Viola did or Jane? Jane did. Okay. Ellen. I'm sorry. Ellen Gates Star. Now, uh, as we alluded to before... Um, Adams was, um, she was never married. She had no children, but she did have a, a couple of relations with ladies. She had a healthy sex life. She had a very healthy sex life. Um, it's believed her first she was, partner uh, was... Danny Kay, Marla Thomas's uh, <laughs> father. She was Lebanese. Lebanese. Uh, it's believed her first partner was Ellen Gates Starr. I actually didn't take note of her um, second partner who was kind of like who she considered to be the love of her life and had this wonderful relationship with and they had like a cabin in Michigan together and they wrote love letters (laughs) I want to say it was Emily Dickinson no it was one of the donors the original donors and I didn't write it down because I was like it's not well it must have been and more super it was probably and more (laughs) it's one of those things where it's like you said three ladies one of them had the last name Smith I think it was the one with the last name Smith, but I can't totally remember. And I, yeah, it's not important to the ghost story. Oh, yes. Which we'll get to. Um, in 1935, Jane Adams passed away. There might be a hell mouth. <laughs> there might be a hell mouth. Someday we're going to talk about a hell mouth mm-hmm. somewhere. Um, hell House continued to serve the community. You have one in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible thank you that was that was the worst joke you've ever told oh is it <laughs> i it might be. i think i've had that was a terrible success in my life that was a pretty good dad joke yeah that was oh wow all right pause for a drink okay hull house continued to serve the community until the 1960s when it was taken over by the urban branch uh campus of the university of illinois Mm-hmm. UIC right up in the UIC. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the house buildings were demolished for the construction of UIC in the mid 60s. Uh, but the mansion has been um, the mansion has never been torn down or, or historical landmark. It's a historical landmark. It's but but it has been <coughs> continuously renovated over the years to keep up with the changing demands of the association. Um, in 1965, it was designated as a U.S. landmark, and in 1974, it was designated as a Chicago landmark. Um, the Hell House Association ceased operations in January of 2012. I, I'm not entirely sure why that was, um, but I, I would hope that they're, you know, they've obviously contributed quite a bit and done a lot of good work over the years, so I'm sure there's some remnants of it somewhere. Um, so before we dive into the ghost stuff, I want to give you, so that's kind of the history of Jane and the house. I know we're 40 minutes in. This oh. is like a Jane episode. Oh, Noel. I know. nice to me. Well, I'm doing Chicago history. I haven't gotten to ghost things. 
and here we go. Charles J. Hull. Who was he, and what did he do to this house? Charles Hull was considered to be an eccentric West Sider. Uh, he was a real estate dealer, activist, and sometimes motivational speaker. Ew, uh, no. He died. Charles. He died in Houston in 1881, um, and left the house to his cousin. What you doing in Houston? Oil. Oil. He was he was traveling down there. He left the house to his cousin, Miss Helen Culver, um, who was the one who sold it to Jane and lived in the house um, free of charge, but was a contributor to. The whole she house. might have been a louver. She could have been free of charge. Um, just saying. Well, she because of her contributions to the house. Sure, of al- course. Allegedly. Wink, 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 wink. Say That's no why more. people always get free lodging. Right. Their uh, prior contributions. So, um, <laughs> and actually, him uh, Hull leaving the house to Helen caused quite a stir in the family. Like a lot of. Um, his nieces and nephews made quite a stink about it, and they tried to... Um, it's a big mansion, though. I get mm-hmm. that. They, yeah, they tried to um, take her to court, and they tried to, like, hold up the... Uh, what's it called? Um, Estate? Abate? No. Oh. What is it when the house is, like, after someone dies, and it, like... It's kind of in that, like, limbo time between... I actually don't know. It's, I think it's, like, it's not abate, but it's something like that. Uh, I don't know. They tried to, like, delay that and, like, all this stuff, but eventually um, everything, like, the entire estate was turned over to her, and for the better, because all these wonderful things came of it. Um, Just to get an idea of who Charles Hull was, here are some direct quotes about his religious views from uh, his book, which, for some reason, I didn't put the name of that up. (laughs) Sorry. Killing It. Um, His book called Killing It? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Charles Hull, comma, serial killer. Just colon, Google Charles J. Hull, Chicago. Um, quote number one. I am always opposed to schools of theology that hurry people into heaven. Agreed. A desire for public, for public place is a devil that rends the people. Profane swearing is a vicious habit. Oh, please. I don't fucking know what you're talking about. <laughs> Um, I dream like a girl. What? You pause. Know. <laughs> Hit the pause button. What is that? I won't pause. I will continue to talk about it. I don't know, but that's a quote from his book. I dream like I a dream girl? I dream like a girl. I assume that he, he wanted is... to get married to a man and have no life and give birth to eight children and die. I, well, oh, I assumed that he was... Squeezed life out of his He was dancing vehicle. through uh, a field full of uh, pansies and... Fairies floated around him, and okay. butterflies landed on his shoulder. Well, That's how girls dream. What died in like 1880? Dreaming like a girl is like a pretty serious. It's yeah, it's pretty grotesque, and we won't talk about such things. I mean, wow. More fashion. <laughs> fashion is a network for weak minds of the and the ally of vice. But then he also said, "Small men are always in fashion." Small in stature? I guess. Okay. Uh, um, Chuck Hull was also a fan of Prohibition. He said, whiskey is the biggest devil known to man. That means he had an alcohol problem. So it might uh, surprise you to know that Charles Hull was a spiritualist. 
Hell yeah. So he opened up the uh, world of Hull House to the spirits. Into it. Yep. He uh, possibly held, this has not been confirmed, but he possibly held many seances <coughs> at his house. Sure he did. Now, uh, Charles Hull is buried in Rose Hill Cemetery. Ooh, I was just talking about Rose Hill tonight. Now, and if you go... I'm showing the video of the clown climbing the fence. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. If you go, if you go to Rose Hill, and I've I walk by this quite often actually because I live nearby. Um, his gravestone is pretty remarkable because uh, Charles Hull, there is a statue of him sitting on a chair atop his grave. Yeah, it's a like, very large gravestone with um, a. I mean, at this now it's like it was copper. I'm assuming a copper statue that's now like that bluish green, green color. Yeah. yeah. Should He's we talk? By the, is he by the Civil War memorial? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can't miss him. Uh, should we talk about ghosts? No. Okay. Well, we're done here. So Hull House, go visit Thank you so it. Much for listening. Poke um, in Halstead, 800 South Halstead. Bettering the lives of immigrant women. J- JK, JK. Uh, like I said before, <laughs> uh, Mrs. Hull, uh, Mrs. Charles Hull had died of natural causes or consumption. One or the other, probably consumption. Um, <laughs> Which is also a natural cause. The TB. Um, Which is a natural cause. It, I guess. It's. I mean, it is a natural cause, but, like, you can track it. Well, people say you die of natural causes. Like, people die of cancer, but... And then people write down natural causes. Do they write natural causes from yeah. cancer? Yeah. They don't write the cans? The no. cans? They don't. <laughs> the only time anyone would ever say unnatural causes is if they think someone's um, been a victim of homicide or suicide. Uh-huh. FYI. I, I'm not a coroner. I don't I'm know. a cap. I'm a New York City cop. I don't know any of these things. Yeah, no, no. It's All true. right. So, so natural causes include stroke. They include... Okay. All kinds of health things. Yeah. Cool. Good well, to know. Anything that someone would die naturally of. All right. I didn't know. Uh, and now I do. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> she, uh, she died in the second floor bedroom. Who? Mrs. Charles Hull. Oh, yes. Uh, within a few months of her passing, she was said to be haunting the room where she died. Yes, please. Overnight guests were awoken by footsteps and strange and unearthly noises. Hell yeah. Uh, Jane Adams was originally sleeping in that bedroom and was awakened by footsteps. After a few nights, she confided in Ellen, which she just tapped her on the shoulder and was like, did you hear that? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, did you hear that? Are you awake? Um, Ellen also admitted to hearing similar sounds and uh, moved. They moved. Well, it's a Jane moved to another room. They moved to another room. Who are we kidding here? (laughs) Were Um, they friends with Eleanor? Uh, Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Ooh. She had her own special friend in the White House. No, that was Eleanor. Was she was yeah, much younger. I know. Okay. I I'm sorry. Uh, I, was, I got your I joke. I was joking. I got your joke now. Uh, Helen Campbell, author of the book *Prisoners of Poverty*, reported seeing an apparition standing next to her bed when she lit the uh, gas lamp in the room. The figure disappeared was merely just a trick of your eyes. Um, but that figure, that apparition was reported to see, uh, seen by other guests. Mm-hmm. Um, in her book, 20 Years at Hull, Hull House, 
Jane reported that earlier tenants of the house, such as the Little Sisters of the Poor and secondhand furniture store in a secondhand furniture store, believed the upstairs to be haunted. They always kept a bucket of water on the stairs, believing that the ghost would be unable to cross it. Um, the ghost was considered to be sad, but harmless. Probably because her husband remarried. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, th- this is an interesting thing. Um, the The whole thing about buckets of water, like keeping water out because they don't think ghosts can pass through it, is always a, a fascinating thing to me. And I, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but maybe not. Um, my parents' house, which is an old farmhouse, um, it shifts and it creaks and it has noises and it's creepy. Um, and as a kid, like I've always felt that there's like something there and I've been picked on by everybody in my family about it. Um, and there's a room in the basement, which used to be the canning room. And so that's where they had like all of their pickled goods and all of their preserves and everything. And for years there were these two large glass, um, water jugs in the basement like half full of water that just stayed there and my dad had cleaned out the entire room except for that those water jugs and uh used it as like his paint room like he had all like kept all of his like extra paint and like his tools and whatever and I finally questioned him once on it and I was like why why won't you move those? And he was like, oh, they're just really heavy. And I was like, you're the man who picks on me about calling this house haunted, but you will not move that water. And you know that water's here for a reason. And he wouldn't accept it or acknowledge it. But finally, like, I think a year ago, he finally got rid of them. Fascinating. Yeah. But I always, it was weird because it always felt like the water never moved. Like the water level was always kind of the same. Huh. Really interesting. So I don't know if they were just like tapping it off or what, because... It will evaporate over time. We all understand science and water. Uh, it was it was always really kind of creepy. I'm, and I'm, interesting I'm to interested me. though because yeah. I don't know that myth. Um, not your house. I mean, I mean, like in general, I don't know the myth of um, spirits not being able to pass through water. It's old. It's an old myth, and I'm gonna screw it up. Screw it up if I try to say it. But I think the basic concept is that because well, for Hull House, it either has to be. I feel like it has to be Irish, Italian, or German, because that's who was coming in and out. Right, and at the time, uh, the neighborhood was um, predominantly Italian. Okay. Um, so it must be like a Strega thing. Yeah. But I think... Strega, it, by the way, from an earlier episode, Strega in Italian means witch. Yeah. So it's like a superstition or like a... Right. But I think it's also the, the idea... Because that sounds like woman's work, putting up water right but it's also it's the doesn't thought, sound like made but it's the thought that they can't actually like they can't physically pass through it so i think it's more thinking that this is a spirit that's like an apparition or mm-hmm. um and the water causes it to basically like dissipate um so uh there there have also been um small unexplained fires uh, curtains refusing to stay open in one room. <laughs> okay. And now, the piece de resistance. Oh, uh, we're doing it. We're doing it. 
The Devil Baby. Yeah. You know it. Of course I do. Uh, And she stood on their grave. This is... Unmarked. Yeah. Um, So ridiculous. All right. This child was allegedly born to a devout Catholic woman and an atheist. Uh, the child was said to be born with horns, pointed ears, scale-covered skin, and a tail. Could speak as soon as he was born, and was shockingly profane. Uh, <laughs> the tale goes, the woman attempted to hang a picture of the Virgin Mary or some type of icon or religious figure in the house, but the husband tore it down, saying he would rather have the devil himself than picture uh, the than the picture in the house. Of course, the devil baby had been the curse for such an action. Um, another theory is that a man whose wife gave birth to six daughters uh, was enraged by the lack of a son and said that he would rather she give birth to the devil than to another girl. And again, curse with devil baby. Mm-hmm. So, uh, of course the parents could not stand to raise such a child. So the father took the baby to Jane Adams and uh, the baby was accepted into Hull house. Uh, One story is that the staff members attempted to have the baby baptized. And during the ceremony, the baby escaped from the priest and began dancing and laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Which uh, there's a there's a Peter Jackson. One of Peter Jackson's first movies is called uh, Peter Japs, Jackson of Lord of the Rings fame. Uh, is called Dead Alive, which is this ridiculous New Zealand horror movie. And uh, there is a, a zombie baby, I guess, or like undead baby that like does this like goofy dancing, and that's all I keep thinking about when I think of this. Um. Anyway, but there's uh, another. There's two other myths. Um, which I'll just say. Okay. One is that um, uh, a woman had a very late miscarriage, mm-hmm. and they buried the baby on the grounds. All these stories end up with they buried the baby on yeah. the grounds. Um, and then the other one is probably people aren't going to like this, but as progressive as the house was, the other thing that, um, it's easier to be like, oh yeah, this is all like immigrant sort of mythology. Right. The other one is that they were providing abortions at the right. house and that they were bearing, um, uh, let's say, uh, I don't want to say fetuses cause that, that, that puts it in the wrong light, mm-hmm. but they were bearing, um, the, the the remnants of a uh, uncarried pregnancy on the grounds. Gotcha. And that's where the hell baby quote quote came from. Right. I um, mean, those are, those are just two other. No, no, no. Ideations that are probably actually closer to, to the truth. Right. That well, a Catholic some... and an atheist had a baby and, and God punished them or. Whatever. Right. Yeah. It's a clearly like fabricated, made up story. Um, there's another theory. But that... there's but there's there's like a. Uh, we we've had episodes about urban legends. There's a, there's a specific thing we're supposed to, because the hell baby is the one that everybody knows. So mm-hmm. there is a specific. I would I would suggest that Catholic immigrant women were their spouses were trying to keep them away from Hull House, and also 
uh, women could go there if they were victims of domestic violence, right. and they would keep their husbands away from them, which was unheard of. Right. Because even the police would deliver a woman back to her husband. Right. And so part of trying to dissuade women from being uh, a whole house resident or someone who went there was to suggest in some way that it was atheistic or it was immoral or that there was a hell baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole... Because most women came with, like, very ingrained Catholic thought. Right, and it's it's that whole fear of turning away from God and yeah. um, it going to... It's the fear of going to hell. It's the fear-mongering. And so it's... And when you're, you know, a poor, uneducated mm-hmm. immigrant who's down in their luck or doesn't well, have any, like, opportunity... And a woman... It's easy to believe such stories. Of course. Um, another another theory, which I think is probably the most realistic, is that um, it was a badly deformed infant that was brought by an immigrant woman who couldn't take care of it. Yep. And so that's when Jane Addams put that baby in the disappointments room. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that. Uh, but if I, you're in the courtyard of Hull House, uh, you can stand, allegedly, where the double mm-hmm. baby's been buried. Right. So the theory or the the story goes on that Jane, after the baby uh, escaped from the priest and danced and laughed at all of those ladies, that uh, they took the baby to the attic where it eventually died. Um, Now, hundreds of people would come to the house to get a look at the baby, many many offering to pay admission. Each day, Jane would turn people away, telling them that the story wasn't true. Um, And she actually devoted 40 pages of her book dispelling the rumor. Um, I don't know how you could write 40 pages worth of that, but she good honor. She did efficient. it. Yeah. Uh, the story was reported by a Chicago reporter by the name of Ben Hecht. Uh, he claimed that every time he tried to run down the story, he was directed to the Hull House. Um, all roads lead to Hull House. Um, local legend states that there was a disfigured boy that was hidden away in the upper floor. On certain nights, an image of a deformed face can be seen peering out of the attic window to these this day. And that's it. Woo! Uh, everybody, stack, stack, stack. Hull House, go there. You can go there. It's um, they offer tours now. It's part of the UAC campus, which is actually uh, in that part of it. It's actually a nice little campus area. Yeah, it's I've, very I've, lovely. Uh, I've been there a couple times Mm -hmm. actually one time it was interesting to me um I was walking around the perimeter taking pictures and I ended up um looking through uh, a door uh, to a chandelier and um mostly had just noticed that it was very beautiful Mm -hmm. um there was a staircase and a chandelier and (laughs) interestingly enough this woman came up behind me um uh, it was during a ghost excursion and she came up behind me and it freaked the shit out of me. Um, I was like, Oh my God. And she was like, I've seen you walking around this place. And I think that you know what you're doing. And I think that you're psychic. And I think that you just took a picture of an apparition, which was hilarious because I was like, no, <laughs> I'm just taking a picture of the grounds. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I am psychic. No, I'm not psychic. <laughs> <laughs> what cracked me up 
in the whole uh, interaction was that um, in my mind, I was willing to um, have there been ghosts, I was willing to interact with them. Had there been ghosts, I was willing to, uh, uh, I don't know if this makes sense, like accept them. And then it was like the only time I was scared, literally a living person came up behind me shocked me, touched me. And I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> so my experience, my experience is that whole house can be summed up with, I've never seen anything paranormal, but the living are sh- so scary. Well, human beings are probably the most terrifying thing. Incredibly. In the world. And, and this woman was also incredibly terrifying. She needed too much from the dead and it really put me off. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm picturing her right now. Yeah. I'll keep my thoughts to myself because I've offended enough people in the yeah. last week. She really, really, really wanted a dead person. Yeah. I'm sorry you couldn't get that to her. I don't know how to. Were you like, I'm using this digital camera that doesn't even have, <laughs> or it was like an old Kodak disposable one, no, so I can't I even mean... show you. Yeah. Also, she said the weirdest thing to me. I've been following you around, and I think, like... <laughs> I was like, okay. She was like, you're the only one back here. You're the only one exploring differently than other people. And I was like, oh, that's because I also weird, but also like, I like to look at things from a different point of view. Right. So the way that like 15 people are like staring into a window or whatever the fuck it is. Right. I'm like, cool. I'm going to go around to the back and see if there's something interesting or new. But Mm -hmm. what a weirdo. Hi, Monica. Oh, Monica. I know. I don't know if that's really her name. Um, Noelle. Yeah. What you drinking, boo? Uh, I'm drinking a Bodo Box Cabernet. It's one in a box. Me? Did you ask? I was going to. What is I it? I just finished my sentence. <laughs> what are you drinking, Jay? Oh, <laughs> that's so weird that you would ask in this moment. I know. I'm drinking Vallejo by Half Acre, and it's delicioso. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the show. We've had such a great time with Noelle talking us through Jane Addams' whole house, which is just a Chicago icon and legend in a highway. Happy birthday, Jane. Yep. Oh, my God. Yes. Let's both call. That's a big, big birthday celebration to you. She would have been really old if she was still alive. I won't (laughs) do the math right now. Did you say she was 1860? 1860. So... Oh, real quick math. It's not going well in my brain. 139? No, it's older than that. 149? 159. Oh, wow. Yeah, 159. Oldest woman. You Older than John McCain's mother. Is she still alive? She's still alive. What? Yeah. She's like 106. No, she can't be alive. Yeah. She's very old. Damn. Well done, Miss McCain. Not Cindy. The other one. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have on High Spirits. Uh, Noah has one last horrible thing to say to ye. Sweet dreams.